This podcast is brought to you from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 49 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and I'm joined by two of my favorite people today. <laughs> Let's start with my second favorite person, Mindy Carney. How are you doing? I don't know that you should ever say, like, this is my second favorite person. That's not how this works. <laughs> you were, you don't think so? You're not feeling no, the love. I don't, like, well, I don't feel the love very but often. I, but That was my more fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, well, like, because you're first. Number one. Yeah, yeah, if I'm second, then you're first. So you're hearing Lynn Clark. Meyer, who's also joining us today. So welcome, Lynn. We're happy to have you back. Well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you bet. It's great to have you on the podcast. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's get no. started. Let's get started. News and follow-up, Wiley. You've got a huge list here. Do you want to, um, what, what, what you got going on? Uh, I thought we should start with uh, mixtapes from Flipgrid, okay. which are new. Yeah. You know how I have Flipgrid fever, but I have not experimented with this, so please, do tell. <laughs> well, as I was uh, talking to you guys earlier, <laughs> Richard Byrne fell into my inbox, and uh, he has a nice little video and tutorial and blog post on what mixtapes are, and mixtapes are the ability for you to take select videos from other grids and put them into almost like a playlist of your greatest hits. Yeah, kind of like so, a highlight reel. Yeah, like a highlight reel. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I don't know. At the end of the quarter, you've been working on this one unit, and you want to pull in some of the best reflections from mm-hmm. all the kids. You could maybe have one from each kid from different grids and pull them all together and make a little highlight reel. You can uh, share that like you can with other grids. You can password protect them and put those out there. So mixtapes from Flipgrid. Flipgrid always on the move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, always changing. Always new things. Yeah, always shaking it up. Yep. All right, well, your list continues. My list continues. Uh, thank you to Heather Callahan. Our Hi, list Heather. continues. She's the best. She is very good, isn't she? Yeah, yeah I love yeah. her. Longtime listener, friend of the show. Um, she pointed us in the direction of Common Sense Media, who have added a couple of new lessons to their digital citizenship curriculum, and those are in the area of media balance and well-being for third through fifth graders and about making healthy choices in terms of the media you are using, screen time and Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah. You know, I think this is a really good tie-in for, because we always talk about digital citizenship kind of um, being addressed by all teachers and all subjects. And sometimes that can be a struggle um, for different teachers, I think. And I always think about phys ed teachers, like, well, how in the world will they address those kinds of things? And I really think that something like this would be a good place for them to kind of talk about finding that balance and um, having social emotional wellness. And I think it might be a place for phys ed teachers to begin, I think. I think so. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important conversation for all of us to have. It, yeah, you know, right. That, I mean, obviously, with the new iOS 12, that that's a, a whole screen time mm-hmm. awareness and, and just helping it be part of the conversation. Yeah. Have you updated to the new screen time? Mm, I think. Yep. Yes. Yep. So I pick up my phone on average 189 times a day. <gasps> I have not looked at my stats because, That's quite crazy. frankly, I'm a little afraid to. Yeah. I am a little scared to look. Maybe I will look while Mindy tells us about another Apple thing here. Mojave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Mac OS just updated to Mojave, and I uh, did this yesterday. 
And it took me for what seemed like forever. So it was kind of a joke in the office. I kept calling it Mojave. I know I was very worried (laughs) I was going to call it Mojave um, on the podcast. I'm just going to own it and call it that. Uh, So what I I'm still trying to kind of take a look at it, but um, I went into dark view. I think it's called dark view. And so um, I haven't noticed a huge difference, except that my um, bar along the top is dark and my folders have like dark shadows on them, which I kind of like. But there are a couple new things. I think Wiley's going to talk about one of them later, but. There's this thing called stacks. Have you looked at this, Wiley? Yes, I like stacks. Yeah, so you can stack. It's kind of like a folder, right? Yep. I mean, it's just like a replacement of a folder of sorts. So you can stack different things on top, and then you can click on it, and it'll like open it up so you can see all of your, like a pile of papers. Like you just spread them out. I like it yeah. because mostly my desktop is comprised of screenshots. Yes. And then you hit stacks, and then they, all the screenshots go yeah. into one little pile by themselves. Yeah, right. So Kind of cleans up your mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, maybe we'll keep you updated as I continue to use it. But that's, I mean, those are the only things I've really looked at so far, minus the thing you're sharing later. So Real-time <laughs> follow-up. My phone yep. says oh. 52 times per day is my average. Are you serious? Mm. And mine was 56. Oh, Because I was totally looking up as you guys were talking. Yeah. But what I would say is that I get an average of 183 notifications a day. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's the reason. I'm, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to know where you're at and what you're doing but i was mm-hmm. really impressed with like my amount of hours that i'm spending is not as much as i would have thought but the amount of time i pick up my phone but if you think about i also use the clock on my phone yeah it's every time i pick up my phone anyway yeah let's continue super intriguing yeah um sticking with the apple theme then because oh, yeah. i have a few of those today okay. um apple have officially released the everyone can create curriculum okay which is now available on apple books it was available in preview before, I think, kind of like a beta release sort of thing. But there's four um, books on here that are available for teachers to take a look at. And everyone can create, teach your students to develop it, to develop and communicate ideas through drawing, music, video, and photos on an iPad. Mm. And there's a teacher guide with over 300 lessons for just creating media-rich Things with an iPad, with an, uh, an Apple Pencil, and things like that. There's an example they have on their website here. For example, a math teacher can guide students to use the iPad camera and burst mode to capture the arc of a basketball being tossed through the hoop and hmm. measure its parabola. Oh. Hmm. I would never have thought of doing things like that before, no, but that's kind of that's interesting. super yeah. interesting, yeah. isn't it? We have to look at that a little bit. So huh. there's four of these, and there's a teacher yep. guide as well, available for free, all on that theme of creativity. And we like that 4C stuff. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, there's one more Apple thing on here. Did you want to do that? I was going to talk about Gmail, but if you're doing the Apple theme. Um, yeah, going. there is one more Apple thing on yeah. there. And um, kind of related to our show, actually, because yeah. Apple Podcasts app now supports chapters. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, Mindy, but some podcasts have chapters where you can skip to different sections oh, yeah. of a podcast. Okay. Yep. And so if, for ex- instance, you're listening right now and thinking, wow, I wish these guys would get to the point. <laughs> yeah, and kidding. I would like the main yeah. course now, please. We need to hear more from Lynn. Then yeah. you could skip this chapter yeah, nice. and you could go on to the next part, which will be, yeah, 
Yeah, so if you only have like 15 minutes, you can look at podcasts and be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to take this chunk today. Yeah, yeah, other podcast apps do that. You know, Pocket Cast and Castro and Overcast, yeah. all those types of things will let you skip chapters. So not all podcasts put chapters in there, but uh, I am going to make sure we have chapters in from now oh, on for, wow. That's awesome. for those deal. people. Yeah, so, good yeah. job, you. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have to this because we. I'm super excited that I finally got this in my Gmail yesterday. It's Smart Compose. So I really like the smart replies because I use those like a boss. <laughs> um, but so smart compose in Gmail now, um, as you're typing or composing a message, it will try and finish the sentence for you. And um, it's pretty impressive, I would it say. Is. I'm like, oh, geez, how do they even know? That's crazy. So what I think is interesting is that for you to pop in that smart compose message, you have to hit tab. Right. And that's one mm-hmm. of the big struggles that I had because right. when it first showed up and I was looking at this and I was just so fascinated, but I didn't realize that I had to keep hitting tab and yeah. I just kept typing. I'm like, yes, I will follow along. Thank you. It was almost like this <laughs> typing app. And I'm like, oh, yes, this this is the word I want. <laughs> Thank you. Jumped yes. over the lazy dog. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so like it just that um, getting used to that part of the workflow is yeah. that, you know, you can hit tab now and just overriding habits. Yeah. My my but, finger wants to hit enter, yeah, but it just right. takes a new line, and then the whole sentence that is predicting for me disappears, and I yes. think, oh, You're that like, was no, the wrong No, but that was beautifully written. Yes. I want that. I want it back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just an interesting way that AI to. is yeah. coming, getting into our lives and heads. And our heads too. Our heads, yeah, yes. for sure. Like, I know what you're going to say before you do. <laughs> We lay it out there. I'm even more eloquent than you are. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I love. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like it. Mm-hmm. I'm all over it. Take those smart replies to the next level. The next yeah. level, absolutely. Up for the main course today, served to you a piping hot. We have Lynn Kleinmeyer here with us with Future Ready Librarian chat. Yes. We're going to talk it out. Yes. Dig deeper. Share all of the... I yes. It. I said it. Yes. I have a, a problem with talking about digging deeper, <laughs> diving into things. Yes. 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 Let's dive in. All right. So how would you say, um, how has your role as um, teacher librarian kind of evolved with your position now? You've kind of started doing some different things and you come from the teacher librarian world how has it kind of changed for you or how has it changed over time even from like when you first started we've seen a lot of different stuff out of teacher librarians now Mm -hmm. so how has that changed what do you see the future things like that well I think the role of teacher librarian the profession itself you know I mean teacher librarians have always been about access and equity and and helping empower readers and um, supporting their school communities and uh, aligning to curriculum and and all of those things are still present uh, but I definitely think that there has been a shift and a change mm-hmm. um, within I would say even the last five years exponentially, as you begin to shift to a digital learning environment, um, your teacher librarians are a huge value add. They're an asset. They are a thought partner. And um, when you think about all of the training and the skills that teacher librarians have always had, Mm -hmm. um, they really can be leveraged in a very powerful and meaningful way as schools have evolved, um, the role has evolved, and continuing to keep up with that. I just, it makes me excited for all of the things that teacher librarians can do for their school communities. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we've been hearing um, this, I'm not going to say, I don't, term, I guess I should say, um, of future ready 
librarian, future-ready schools. For someone who hasn't heard that term or is still a little murky, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> That's a good question. So, um, well, thank you for asking. Yeah. Me um, no, there, even amongst um, different educational groups, there there is a divide. When you say future ready and you have it lowercase, mm-hmm. um, that's a term that's thrown around a lot. That idea of um, continuing to move forward and innovate and um, have that evolution of education um, to help our kids be successful outside of their K-12 experience. But when you say future ready, capitalized, mm-hmm. um, and aligning with that future ready schools, uh, nationwide initiative, um, it's really truly about thinking about all of the components that go into creating a digital learning environment and uh, working towards personalized student learning in that evolution. It's the actionable step that future ready lowercase is kind of that ideal state of, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what we want for our students' future Um, versus the capital. It's the idea of here's all the things that we need to keep in mind and um, focus on in order to make that happen, to actually Mm -hmm. get to that ideal state. So with um, in the show notes, we have links to the Future Ready Librarians um, page as well as the Future Ready Schools page, just mm-hmm. so that if you're not familiar with those terms um, or with the that movement, you can definitely click in and learn a little bit more. So, yeah, speaking of the show notes, I'm looking at this uh, Future Ready Librarian Framework. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little, I don't know if this is a, it's not a pie chart, it's more of an infographic type of thing. Can you talk to us more about what that is or the, the components that make up Future Ready Librarians? Absolutely. So uh, Future Ready um, actually was born out of the Office of EdTech and is now um, spearheaded by the Alliance for Excellence Education. Um, and... Basically, they had looked at all the different components of successful schools who were moving and making um, some serious gains in terms of uh, supporting digital learning environments and working towards that personalized student learning. Um, and so what they did is they talked to a bunch of different schools and they broke it down into these different wedges, these components. Um, and so as you look at the Future Ready Framework you will see that there's these different components. Um, there's actually eight different wedges. And uh, these are aligned across disciplines, across roles. And so there is a future-ready um, framework for schools, for principals, for teacher librarians, um, for coaches, for IT. And they are all bringing together a common conversation. Now, what's different is you'll notice along the edge of the wedge All of these different roles have this united conversation, but that edge, the language there is talking about specifically what each role can do to move that conversation forward. So for example, if you look at curriculum, instruction, and assessment, along the edge of that component, there's curates digital resources and tools, empowers students as creators, and builds instructional partnerships. Those are the specific actions um, and steps that teachers can do, teacher librarians can do. to contribute to the conversation. This particular framework that you're looking at that was linked in actually is an updated version. This is Future Ready Librarians 2.0. And so there were some changes. Right before ISTE, uh, there was this announcement that they had um, made just 
subtle changes. One of the pieces of the Future Ready Librarian framework that um, they were hearing a lot of feedback on was that literacy was missing. And obviously, that is a huge piece of what teacher librarians do. And of course, that conversation of literacy being redefined. It's not just about print literacy. It's digital literacy, media literacy. It's all of information literacy. All of that um, is a huge piece of what teacher librarians can add. Um, but the other subtle difference is the center now says learner-centered because there's that shift of understanding that we're talking all learners, not just students. We're talking about the um, adults in the building as well and how teacher librarians can help support them as they are learning um, and bettering their practice. There's a lot of different guiding frameworks. Um, you know, you have AASL, which is the American Association of School Librarians. You have ISTE. Um, you have all of these different frameworks. And the piece that I think as a librarian myself that I really valued about the Future Ready librarian movement is that it's simple <laughs> in the fact that it's kind of condensed and you can kind of look at and evaluate, am I doing all of these pieces of the puzzle? And the reality is... We should be, and we should be um, thinking about these, but there's parts where you focus a little bit more heavily at times. Um, but it's always a place where you are aligning yourself to a bigger conversation. Right. And so that's one of the things I really appreciate is there is that alignment. When you look at the Future Ready Schools framework, they have those same components. So I can talk to my administrator or my coach and I can talk about the use of space and time and we're talking the same language. We're Mm -hmm, speaking the same language and we're talking about those same things in order to do what's best for students. And that's really what this is all about. Um, It's it's about doing what's best for students and Mm -hmm. how we can each contribute to that. So um, imagining I'm a teacher librarian and I'm kind of looking at this, what kind of support um, is being offered here at Grantwood AEA or what kind of support is out there for um, teacher librarians that are starting to kind of have these conversations or learning more about this? I mean, where can they go? What can they do? Well, in general, um, the Future Ready Librarian page has a wealth of resources. Um, In fact, one of my favorite recent ones that just came out of the most recent Future Ready Institute um, in Chicago is a Padlet, mm-hmm. where it talks about each of these different components and looking at, for example, building instructional partnerships. Okay, what does that look like in action? How do I make it happen? Right. Um, I, I know I have a value add, and I know that I can help my colleagues um, and that I can be there as a support for them, but how do I make it happen? And so when you look at that Padlet, people were contributing all sorts of ideas of how they go about that. Mm-hmm. There's no one right way to go about sure. it, but it's it's finding what works for you, what works for your school community in order to help benefit your students. Um, specifically here at Grant Wood, that has been something that I've been very passionate about, is bringing together our teacher librarians to help support each other. I constantly say um, to our TLs and, and to my TL friends that, you know, we belong to everybody and yet nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our buildings, we do belong to everybody. Teacher librarians are uniquely situated in their schools because they serve everybody and they have an overarching view um, and they can make alignments and they can um, contribute and, and help move initiatives forward mm-hmm. and, and have those innovative practices. However, um, sometimes we are in isolation, um, that there may not be another TL in your entire district. Yeah, right. Um, and so 
here at Grant Wood, um, kind of doing a couple things. Last January, um, we had a big kickoff mm-hmm. and we had all of our TLs. We had over 65 of our TLs, um, from our Grantwood AEA area come in and we had a whole day and we talked about everything was centered around this future ready librarian framework. Um, we've since done a couple other small events, um, talking about curriculum and, and even after attending ISTE and the, um, IASL conference, having teacher librarians come together and share and contribute so that they can share, share the love. Um, but then we have, launched a teacher librarian workshop series this year where we are going to have four. In fact, yesterday was our first one. Um, that was a workshop about librarians as leaders. And we are specifically looking, um, at each of the four workshops at that future ready framework, doing some alignment with the ISTE crosswalk, which is also linked into our show notes here. Um, and then also weaving in AASL's framework. And we're looking at all of these guiding frameworks and we're talking about, okay, so what does this mean for us and what does this look like in action? Um, and so in essence, kind of sharing those ideas similar to what the Future Ready Librarian Padlet looked like, where we're actually talking about what what can we do and how do we help others see all of the things that we can contribute. Um, the other pieces, we've also created a blog Mm-hmm. for our teacher librarians um, called Sharing Our Stories. And so uh, that's also LinkedIn. Um, and we've also created a hashtag uh, that's both on Twitter and Instagram where teacher librarians are sharing and empowering each other to talk about all the things that they are doing uh, in their schools, for their students, for their staff in order to continue to move the conversation forward. Right. And so if you're following from afar and not within Grantwood AA and you're like, well, geez, so the hashtag that they can follow on Twitter and Instagram would be? Future Ready Libs. Okay. Um, is the Future Ready Librarian one. Um, there's also a hashtag ISTE Lib. Okay. No S. Um, there's lots of amazing communities. Um, in fact, I'm going to put in a shameless plug sure. that uh, my good friend Cynthia Stogdale and I actually do a Twitter chat mm-hmm. twice a month, um, okay. which is hashtag MWLibChat, Midwest Librarian right. Chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's lots of different communities where you can go and you can find um, an exchange of ideas to be part of the bigger conversations. And for teachers and administrators in our area, it's GWAEA Libs. Right. Is that well, correct? You can, yeah. You can follow that anyway. You can. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But you're like with any going hashtag. On here. Yep. Yeah. And I think that is part of the the bigger conversation too. Is obviously it's wonderful to exchange those ideas amongst teacher librarians. But when you think about um, especially digital learning and all of the components of that and curation of resources and um, evaluation of those resources and all of those different things um, in terms of navigating information literacy, um, digital citizenship, all of those things, your teacher librarian is a value add. So if you are looking for, okay, so I'm a, an administrator, I'm a teacher, what can I do? I'm going to encourage you to also check out those different things, um, those different resources that are put into the show notes to talk about how you can continue to collaborate with your teacher librarian. So, yeah, let's pick up on that. I mean, I think this is something I think people could um, benefit from. If, if you know, the teacher librarian in your building is is someone you've not had a lot of contact with before or you're not sure what they can or can't do for you, you know, 
how, how can teachers take more advantage of, of those skills and, and have them more involved in things that they're doing? Do you have any examples of, you know, how that works in action? Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a multitude of different ways and, and thinking about your curriculum and the lessons that you're teaching the units, um, turning to your teacher librarian for support because you as a teacher don't have to go it alone either. Um, your teacher librarian can help you find resources. They can help you find, um, whether it's like content for your curriculum, for your lessons, whether it's finding, um, some sort of digital learning experience, um, connections, all of those kinds of things, your teacher librarian can support you with that. Um, you know, I, I think about as a teacher librarian at Titan Hill, one of the biggest best things that I did was um, getting into the different meetings and, and just listening in and finding what are my entry points? How can I help support the lift of those teachers? I also think about Google Classroom because if you don't have the ability to sit in on those PLC meetings, I mean, maybe your schedule as a teacher librarian is fixed and you don't have that opportunity to get into the PLC meetings, um, finding out if there's a way that you could get those shared notes. Or if you're a teacher and your teacher librarian is not able to sit in, sharing those with your TL so that that way there can be those connections and they can have that um, continued conversation. Yeah, and I, I see that at Grantwood as well, that the more we involve different people and have different perspectives in the room, the more you, you learn from things like that. I see that with like with, with our blended learning team. We've got like content people in there. We've got digital learning people in there. We've got school improvement people in there. And they all come with like a different lens and a different way to approach that sort of thing. So I can definitely see the value that teacher librarians could bring for things like that too. Yeah, linking arms, making the world a better place. Oh, it's like a big cold yes, cat. Yes. <laughs> well, because, you know, I'm a kumbaya kind of girl. Yeah. And, yeah. um Group hug. Group oh, hug. hugs, Mindy. No hugs. <laughs> no hugs. Thanks. I thought of you last night. This is, I mean, going to air later, but so the Cubs lost last night. Did you watch the Cubs game? I did not watch the Cubs anyway, game. So um, Javier Baez was um, heading from second to third base and was trying to avoid a um, tag, and he ended up hugging the third baseman so he couldn't make a throw. And I thought that's like me and Lynn, yes. or Lynn and I, I should say, just avoiding yes. the hugs and Gross. Sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yeah, thanks yeah. for yeah. Uh, that amazing conversation. Yes. Uh, anyway, yes. I know, I, yeah, so, we were talking to Lynn earlier and she felt like, you know, she said, you're going to have to rein me in on this stuff because I could just I talk about this I, forever. I, I but, could because you know, obviously this it's something that I feel very passion. passionate yeah. about. Um, and, and really as you look at um, how you want to continue to change the face of education and do what's best for kids, I think your teacher librarian is a huge piece of that puzzle. All right, so on to my favorite part of the show, tech nuggets. I'll go first. Go for it. Okay, so um, I have, I don't know, what I would consider maybe an obscure app. And it's called Ear Machine app. Yeah, I clicked on this. I'm like, please tell me more. Okay. So I had um, a speech pathologist reach out to me because she used to use a machine of some sort back um, when she was doing a different position where she was working on articulation with students. 
I'm going to get to the point, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so what she wanted was f- to be able to speak into a microphone and have the kids also be able to listen to it very carefully through um, headphones. So the microphone helped it be more articulate and crisp, and the headphones kept all the sound clutter out. So um, I don't know what that machine is, and so I was looking for an app and came across something called Ear Machine App, and it uses your iPad um, microphone, and it allows you to, when you have your earbuds in or headphones on, be able to magnify what you're saying into your ear. And you can also do it just for your left ear or just for your right ear. You can kind of mess with um, just different little things. Very um, intuitive, and I can't remember off the top of my head. There's, of course, a volume, but there's something else too, like density or something like that. Fine-tuning. Fine-tuning, okay. Um, So you can do some of those things as well, and... It's really great for her. I think it's going to work really well. But it also reminded me of um, those PVC phones that I see lots of kids using where they're reading to self. Um, And so this is a free app. It might be something like older students that don't want to hold a PVC phone up to their ear anymore. Who doesn't want to do that? um, Maybe like a sixth grader. Yeah. you know, but still needs to be able to hear what they're um, saying. And I think it works really well with those kids that really need to concentrate on dictation and things like that. Um, But I thought this might be something that an older student could use or youngers too, um, instead of holding that PVC phone up. It's so free. it's the Ear Machine app. It's available for iOS, iOS only, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked to see if I could find it anywhere else. And it looks to me like it's just an iOS app, but... So I don't know. It was it's like I said, kind of obscure, but I like it's kind it. of an interesting little app to play with. Even it's kind yeah. of yeah. So hmm. there you go. Cool. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna circle us back round to what did you call it? Mac OS. Mojave. Mojave. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know this is turning into somewhat of an Apple centric <laughs> podcast yeah, today, right. isn't it? But I'm gonna pick out my favorite feature from the new mac os update mm-hmm. which is the new screenshot slash screen casting options uh-huh. in right. the mac and so you're probably familiar with those as a command shift four, four. to yeah. drag and select a keyboard yep. and there's command shift three is like a full screen one and then yep. there's other modifiers you can add in the space bar and different things to copy it to different places um so the new one that you need to know and probably the only one you need to know now is command shift five Mm -hmm. and as soon as you do that it pops up like a little um grab screen on your uh computer where you can move to a different place and resize accordingly and there are buttons here where you can just tap to capture the entire screen you can capture just the selected window you can capture the selected portion. You can record your entire screen. You can record the selected portion. So, you know, things where you would not have to jump to QuickTime before to do like file new screencast right. or something like that. So that's in there. Um, you can choose where these um, screenshots are going to save, which is nice. So uh, normally they would just save straight to the desktop, but you can actually create a folder somewhere, call it screenshots and right. choose it to, everything to drop into that folder so you don't have to mess that's with stacks clear. and all that other stuff. So I have a question for you that I don't know that you know the answer to and you I know Ooh, that you love it when Jonathan I Wiley. start yes. it that way. Mm-hmm. But so in the past, 
Um, I've done some screen recording with um, my iPad through QuickTime by plugging in right. and choosing whichever one. I think it's movie recording maybe whatever i think so yeah so does that play into this because i've tried recently to try and plug in and it said your software needs to be updated to do this and so i haven't played with it but i'm wondering if you know i have not tried that okay yet, well, let's so. try it sometime mm-hmm. like after the podcast and get back to people because i'm just interested to see if that still works i know that your ipad now has the ability to record the screen so and that would be my go to yeah yeah so i'm just wondering if that's still a possibility or mm, not yeah. that's good to know yeah um, you can also do other things like you normally do, like choose microphone. There's mm-hmm. there's a timer on here, yeah, so you can have like a five second countdown or a ten second countdown. Yeah. Um, you can show your mouse clicks, and uh, so Command mm. Shift Five. So Apple, what I would like though is the ability to create a GIF. You can't create a GIF with it, right? Doesn't, no, but yeah, what you can do is after you take a screenshot, you yeah. can annotate it. Oh, which is nice. So after you take your your screenshot of whatever it is you're you're doing, you can have some annotation tools on sure. top of that too. Okay. So it's nice. Oh, oh, click click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The little thumbnail goes to the bottom corner like it does yeah. on your iPad or iPhone when yeah, you like tap that. on it and it pops up, and then you've mm-hmm. got all your annotation tools. So there That's you nice. go. Good one. All right. So I feel like my tech nugget today is going to win the internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, but I would have to agree. Yeah. So I I'm going to give credit to Stacey Beamer. And I'm going to give credit to Heather Callahan. Because apparently I think Heather it, I think it, it yeah. Stacey. Okay. Yeah. So it's something called Toy Theater, and I don't know why it's called that. Um, but when you go to toytheater.com, there are a ton of virtual manipulatives. And I used to recommend the library of virtual, National Library of Virtual Manipulatives to people, and I used it a ton in my classroom. But that thing needs an update. So if anybody's listening, mm-hmm. get on it. Anyway, this takes care of it. I mean, you can toss that website out the door and use this one because it's got a geoboard in it. It has fraction strips. It's got like a little spinner. It has dice. It has abacai, abacuses. And abacus. Just Just, Yeah, let's just go with that. Just has one. Just has one. Um, There are... Tangrams. Number charts. There's tangrams. There is the ability just to create a graph, just open graph paper that kids can fill in. Um, it has everything you could possibly want all in one place. Um, works on the iPad too. Works just as well, if not better, because you can color in some um, graphing things with your finger. Um, there's a clock. I mean, you never get like a digital clock that you can play <laughs> with. I love that. Um, so I would definitely like if take a little web clip of it, put it on your iPad and have all of those, um, options there. If you're an iPad user, if not just bookmark it and let your kids go there and, um, take a look at it. So what I would say is that it, what I wish I had is some sort of like sharing option. So I would just suggest some sort of screenshot or something like that and have kids share it into Google classroom or seesaw, whatever it is that you're using, but you have to go and take a look. Your kids are going to love it. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, I mean, I'll preface what I'm about to say with a short disclaimer in as far as I don't think that virtual manipulatives should replace real manipulatives, you know, physical manipulatives. you're going to stick up for the National Library of Virtual No, (laughs) but at the same time, I remember as a classroom teacher having to store boxes and boxes of geoboards and elastic bands and stuff like that. Picking up those little single cubes. 
tandem yes. sets that have Stepping like one on them. piece missing. Yes, yes. Right. But yeah. you, know, you know, I think yeah. that idea of circling back to the use of space and time, um, thinking about how you can then share this with your parents so yeah. that the kids can continue that right. exploration and learning at home. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Well, doesn't it just give kids the option? Like there are some kids that I know mm-hmm. love to use those hands-on and those are great, but there are some kids that might prefer to do it a different way. And this gives them the ability to have multiple ways of solving problems. Exactly. And great for interactive whiteboards as well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Whether that be students using them in small groups or teachers instructing small groups or however you want to swing that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I will say too, that once we start talking about this, Jonathan and I started talking about an oldie, but a goodie that him and I both use. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you should really mention that. So um, back in the day when we were in the classroom, we used a website called Create a Graph. And um, I looked it up. It still exists. It still looks exactly the same. It does, yeah. <laughs> um, what I do think is interesting about Create-A-Graph is that it allows, it kind of talks about X and Y and adding data. And then it does create um, the graphs for you, but it creates different kinds of graphs. So if you have your students collecting data, um, it's kind of a nice way just to plug that data in and then seeing the graph that comes together because of that data. So it's a little bit of a different way to think about it too. So um, that's like a sub tech nugget. That's okay. Yeah, oh. creates a pie chart, which isn't mm-hmm. really an option here on this Sometimes website. Sometimes you get a box of nuggets and there's an extra nugget in it. Yeah. And, yes. and then you like, like then a bonus nugget. Yes, like, nugget lottery. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> it's my turn. Yes. Nugget lottery. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm going to finish with one that I think this is maybe a little bit geeky but you know that probably won't surprise some people so embrace it i've been playing i've been playing with siri shortcuts recently and i think there's just a lot of fun stuff in here in terms of siri doesn't have a reputation of being very useful or very good sometimes or not giving you the right return on she doesn't like me Mm -hmm. so we have other favorite voice assistants in our house but uh right now and there's this new thing in iOS 12 called Siri Shortcuts. And part of it, I think, is interesting, I think, for schools because you know there's some programming constructs in, in some of this too in terms of um, sequencing events to go together. So three different types of Siri Shortcuts. I'll just mention them quickly. If you go into your iOS device and oh, you go to settings. Yes, we well, are. Do it right Please, now. This yeah. is a tutorial okay, right Play now. Play along at home. So if you go into your settings yep. and you go to Siri and search, um, okay. Up at the top, you'll see some suggested oh, shortcuts. Yeah. Okay, so this is things that you've done recently on your device. Oh, geez, mine says send a message to your mom. Well, oh, mine, mine my says mom. to my husband. <laughs> mine, says, <laughs> mine says read a direct message from Jason Marshall. Oh, oh my. On Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't want to do that on the air. Yeah, right. Um, so those are things that if you tap the plus sign next to it, you can record a phrase and you will be able to automate that action with Siri. So if there's something you do a lot on that little suggested shortcut thing there, then you can say, press the red button, record an action, and then you can just say, hey, friend, and then you say the phrase, Uh and then it will automate that action for you. Nice. So that is one of the three ways to use Siri shortcuts. Okay. Hmm. The other way is that certain apps are now being updated for iOS 12. Uh So if you go into Mm -hmm. settings... And you find an app that supports Siri shortcuts. So I'm going to give you an example here. Okay. My current podcast app is Overcast. Uh-huh. Um, so you go settings, Overcast, and then you hit Siri and search. Um, on there, there is um, something called uh, Shortcuts. 
and you tap that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And in there, it's got a whole bunch of different shortcuts that you can record. So I can record phrases for things like next podcast, yeah. um, skip chapter, next chapter, oh, turn on helpful. voice boost. This is super I can helpful actually with these say, chapters. Yeah. yeah, I can say, hey, friend, play the EdTech Takeout. Mm-hmm. And I can record a series shortcut for that. And nice. it will open the app and play that specific podcast. And very self-promotional. Nice. Yeah. Well, I had to get yeah. an example. <laughs> so, yeah. That was the best example I could think of. Uh, that's funny. So, and then the third way, and this is um, where it gets into the weeds a little bit. Okay. And there is a shortcuts app in the App Store uh, oh. for iOS 12. And in here, there, there's two things. So one is a gallery of shortcuts where you can um, find a whole bunch of automated things that people have uh, put together or that okay. Apple people have put together. So one of them is, I don't know, I'm just looking through here randomly, um, image of the day, show the NASA image of the day. So you add that shortcut and you say, hey, friend, show me the NASA image of the day. And it Do you will call go out. Siri, friend? Can we back up just a second? Yeah, I was wondering that too, but hey I wasn't going to ask. I don't say, hey, friend, but I hey, know buddy. if I say, hey, say? Siri, I'm potentially setting oh. off someone's device. Oh, that's fun though. Hey, Siri. Hey, Alexa. Oh, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Um, so one I found. Sorry, this, I didn't recognize that. <laughs> one I found this morning was clean up screenshots, and you hit that shortcut, and you say uh, clean up my screenshots, and then it will bring up all your screenshots, and you can just tap on the one you want to delete, and it will delete all your screenshots. I need that in my life. Okay, and you can chain things together. You can say like, "Hey, I'm on my way home," and it will give you an ETA for your journey home. Yes, it will send yeah. a text message to your partner. It will adjust the thermostat on your house or whatever, yeah. and you know you can chain things together as well. So. There's a gallery of pre-made ones, or you can go in and just create your own. The one that I'm looking for, if anybody wants to uh, share one with me. Okay, Okay, we've got a challenge coming, friends. A tech takeout challenge is I want a Siri shortcut to download video from Safari to the camera roll. Because I think that'd be amazing for like, uh, you know, green screen backgrounds. You go to Pixabay on your iPad, you find a video you want, you hit the Siri shortcut, download it, and it sends it into the camera roll on your device. I'm not going to be able to do that for you, but maybe somebody out there can. Maybe somebody can. Somebody has and then somebody that, can right? show me how like to use that. You have to write it. Somebody has to write like a script for that Correct. or code or something. Yes. But this, this script blocks are in here. It's kind of like block oh. coding. You pull things down. What? There's one already called save to camera roll. Okay. So you got in there. and then Did you go and try? Have you yes, tried this? Yes, I've tried, oh, but you know, I need some help. It. <laughs> need some help. You see his little boy face. Yeah, oh my gosh, that was the, awesome. That Come is the best me. moment that yeah. I'm going to hold on to forever. I'm glad you didn't give it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's it. Siri shortcuts. Ooh, Go fine. take a look if you are an iOS person. Okay. That's it. I think that should be. Yeah, it. that's yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah, okay. Um, Lynn, remind us where people can find you oh online. Oh boy, here we go. Once Seems again, like I just put it. it into the show notes. Yeah. Th Library Zen on Twitter. Uh, Mindy, where can people find you on Twitter? At Team Carney. Mm-hmm. That's me. What about you, Wiley? I am. I feel at like this Jonathan. is hot potato. <laughs> I am at Jonathan Wiley on Twitter. Uh, our team account is DLGWAEA, and our hashtag for the show is EdTechTakeout. If you want, you can email us podcast at GWAEA.org. So, until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.